I don't know about you, but it seems everywhere I turn, people are angry. We're angry at the way others drive, angry at the way others talk, angry about, well, everything. Join us today as Pastor Rander gives us some sound biblical teaching about how we as Christians should act and react to the outside pressures the world places on us in this message, How to Remain Calm in a World Gone Mad. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. Instead of being angry, be more understanding. Instead of being angry, be more sensitive, which will result in your own healing and your being a blessing to others. Proverbs 14.29 says, He who is slow to wrath has understanding, but he who is impulsive exalts folly. Those are some great scriptures in Psalms. He who is slow to wrath has great understanding, but he who is impulsive exalts folly. Number nine, determine whether your anger is the kind that rises too quickly. If so, when you start to feel angry, seek the Lord's guidance through prayer. You got to understand prayer is a restrainer. Prayer will help you control your emotions. Prayer will control your anger. Prayer is a restrainer. So seek the Lord's guidance through prayer. If you feel yourself getting out of control, stop where you are. Settle down. Cool down. And separate yourself temporarily from the conflict or provoking situation. Giving your emotions time to settle down will cause you to begin to think clearly when you settle yourself down. You'll be able to think objectively, and most of all, you can hear what God is saying when you cool down, calm down, settle down. You can hear what God is saying. God wants to speak if you would just let him speak. Here's a scripture if you just think you can't hold yourself. Let me give you another scripture to calm you down. This is a pretty good one. Proverbs 29, 11 says, A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. Ooh, I mean, I just got to go up. I got to I, I gotta tell I got to get off my chest. You don't understand. I, 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 I got to leave. I, I can't hold it. And uh, there are a lot of fools even in the church. A fool vents all his feelings. I mean, you just share, you just go off. Everybody know you mad. Everybody know you out of control. They know you've lost it. Don't be a fool. A fool vents all his, his, his feelings or her feelings, but a wise man or woman holds them back. You have power under control. Number 10, seek to decrease the amount of time you will allow yourself to remain angry. You know, some of y'all been angry far too long. Three years over something that's, that hurts you or wronged you. Remember, the sooner you get over it and move on, the better off you will be. So seek to decrease 
the amount of time you allow yourself to remain angry. Remember, the sooner you get over it and move on, the better off you will be. Set a limit on the time you'll spend dwelling on the issue and rehearsing your hurt, your pain, or whatever. You rehearsing it over in your mind, over and over and over. You living in it. You just over and over. You just can't let it go. You, I mean, you rehearsing. You can't. You you at church and you can't worship. You can't enjoy. You rehearsing over that thing. Over your up. Your husband said. Your child said. Some member said. And you every time you see them, you just here it go. It just comes up and it go, you, you rehearsing that whole scenario over and over and over. You see it. Uh oh, here it comes over and over and over. And you turn it, it's controlling you. It's ruling you. It's dominating you. It's destroying you. Destroying you. You must set limits on it. Focusing on it and dwelling on it too long will lead to your own detriment. You destroy yourself. I look what Isaiah 57, 16 says. Just jot it down. God is saying, for I will not fight against you forever. I will not always be angry. I like what God says. If I were, all the people would pass away. Did you get that? Uh, man, that just struck me. It's in your Bible. Did you? For I will not fight against you forever. I will not always be angry. If I were, all people would pass away. All the souls I have made. In other words, you don't want God to stay angry at you. You don't want God. That's a bit. You don't want God. Listen, you don't want God to. If listen, if God stayed angry at us, nobody would be in this room. We couldn't take the wrath of God. I'm so glad God knows how to lighten up. I, I'm so glad God knows how to chasten us in love. And then once we cry for forgiveness, he don't hold it. It's just as if we've never done it by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. But yet we turn around and we want to hold it forever. God says, listen, you ought to be glad I don't hold nothing against you. Because if I held all the stuff you've done against me, you've done enough for me to wipe you out and me too a long time ago. I thank God for his mercy. Anybody here thank God for his mercy? Anybody here thank God for his grace? Anybody here thank God for his perseverance? Anybody thank God for his divine patience? I'm so glad God is a merciful God and he knows how to wait and hold out lest I be destroyed. I'm glad that God don't treat me like I treat others. You want God to lighten up, but you won't lighten up. What's wrong with you? Why are you holding that stuff to your own detriment? Why are you killing yourself? Why are you committing self-inflicted wounds? Oh, God. Number 11. Can y'all take some more? Let's go. I'm going to finish this baby today. Number 11. Ask God to give you wisdom to deal with issues in your home Without exploding. How many of you got issues in your house? If you ain't got an issue, excuse the English, you lying. <laughs> you got issues. Yeah. Ask God to give you wisdom to deal with issues without exploding. Show your children how to handle issues. 
They learn from what they see you do. You say, let's you say, I don't have any issues. Let's just see. Let me check out. I mean, let me just put you a little. Let's let's give you an evaluation right now. Let's see if you pass this test. You said you you know issue folk out there. Dirty dishes left in the sink. Frustration over an unclean house. Leaving empty containers in the refrigerator. Who left the twist tie off the bread? <laughs> you you don't have issues, huh? Okay. Okay, you need to repent. Not cleaning the table after eating. Not wiping the counter after a spill. Where is the remotes? And you don't have issues? May I continue? Thanks for giving me permission. Borrowing and not returning. Borrowing without permission. Insensitivity, ingratitude, rudeness, selfishness, disrespect, embarrassment, inability to follow through. One spouse is ready to go while the other spouse is habitually late. (laughs) You don't have an issue? Or why is there one sheet of toilet paper left on the road? Now that's an issue. Don't tell me you don't have issues. (laughs) Oh, God. First Corinthians 13, 7, 8 says, love bears all things. Love believe all things. Strife, quarrel, and contention can be avoided if we would only learn to seek God's wisdom and hear his voice. James 1.5a says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Number 12, if God is going to heal you of your anger, you must restrain your tongue by the Holy Spirit's power. You got to restrain your tongue by the Holy Spirit's power. Psalms 141.3 says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. In other words, God, watch my lips. Help me to keep my lips shut. Help me to shut up more. Help me to hold my peace. Father, control this tongue. If the Lord doesn't set a guard over your mouth. You ever seen a guard uh, over a bulldog, a muzzle? It's not on there for decoration. You don't have to figure out, you know, the, the rock waller coming. You, oh, he's black. He's cute. Well, let him take that. Take that guard off so he can lick me. Yeah, you, when you get licked, your lips are gone too. That guard is on there because if that guard is, that muzzle is not there, he'll chew you up and spit you out. Matter of fact, those dogs, even with the guard on, you see somebody walking a dog, you ever went walking in the neighborhood and they got this little old bitty string of a thing and that big old dog walking, you know, and you kind of gradually walk on the other side, you, you, like that, that was your plan path. When you're actually trying to get out of way of that dog, because you don't know if they have proper control of that dog. And you must have proper control of that tongue. If the Lord doesn't set a guard over our mouth, 
a loose, out-of-control tongue will stir up more anger and shipwreck relationships. Proverbs 18.21a, powerful verse, says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Y'all need to write these scriptures down. They are so powerful. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. You can murder folk, a person with your tongue. Mamas and daddy, you can murder your child with your tongue. You can kill, destroy your child with the tongue. Your child can be in a lifetime of recovery because of something you said when that child was eight or nine years old. Some of you adults are still struggling with something your mom and daddy told you that still hurt today. You hurt your husband, your wife, your sister, your siblings, your aunts and uncles and in-laws. Because of the tongue. Tongue can destroy person's dreams, motivation. Or you can give life with the tongue. You give hope with the tongue. You give words of inspiration and encouragement with the tongue. Death and life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Number 13, ask yourself if you're continually being too critical of others. Ask yourself if you're continually being too critical of others and recognize the emotional consequences of such behavior. Consider ways you can honestly appreciate and affirm them rather than condemn them. You see, ask yourself if you're continually being too critical of others and recognize the emotional consequences of such behavior. Consider ways you can honestly appreciate and affirm them rather than condemn them, anger will begin to decrease as you look for the best rather than the worst in others and allow your words to encourage and edify. First Thessalonians 5, 11 says, therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as you also are doing. Your words ought to bring hope. Your words ought to bring healing to your family to your church family, to your neighbor who's hurting, to your coworker who's struggling and yet they work just a desk over from you or down the hall. You see, words of encouragement have a way of calming and soothing a troubled heart. Huh? Words of encouragement have a way of calming and soothing a, a troubled heart. Proverbs 17:22 says, "A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bone." Proverbs 25:11 says, "A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver." Ecclesiastes 9:17 says, "Words of the wise spoken quietly." Say quietly. See, not loud, Johnny. No, quietly. Words of the wise spoken quietly should be heard rather than the shout of a ruler of fools. These are some powerful scriptures. There may be times when there is no one to minister to you in your state of anger or you will be angry and others are unaware of the fact that you're angry. You know, some people are so good at controlling their anger until you don't even realize they are possessing a spirit of anger. They have a quiet inward 
anger and they're not expressive with it and, and you don't know it, but they're about to even blow up. These are times when you need to sit in God's presence and allow him to encourage you from the scripture. You say, but I don't have anybody to encourage me. Nobody understands. Yes, there's one who understands. God understands. And God's word is sufficient to encourage you in whatever you are in. I don't have anybody to encourage me. I tell you what you do. Listen to me closely. Encourage yourself. You what I just said? You need to write that down. Write it down. People want to encourage you. Listen, ask the Holy Ghost to help you encourage yourself. He says, is there a scripture on that? Yeah, sure is. Look at First Samuel. You need to read all of First Samuel chapter 30, but, but for the sake of time, let's look at First Samuel chapter 30, verses 3 through 6. Have your Bibles turn there because I want, I know it's on the screen, but you need to open your Bible and actually turn there. First Samuel chapter 30 verses three through six. There's something going on here that we need to look at. First Samuel chapter 30 verses three through six. I know you'll be turning a while. Go and use the table of content. First Samuel 30, three through six. Look what it says. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Verse 4. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. Verse 7. And David, two wives, were taken captives. Ahinom, the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. Verse 6. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him. They were mad at David, because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But, David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Isn't that good? See that? David encouraged himself. Your translation may strengthen himself. Your translation may say slightly different, but he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. If you don't have anybody to encourage you, listen. The word will encourage you and you can encourage yourself. As you sit in his presence, listening to his voice and reading his word. Number 14. Prolonged anger hinders our relationship with the Lord and causes others not to see Christ in us. Prolonged anger hinders our relationship with the Lord and causes us not to see Christ in us. We must never block anyone's view of Christ in us. Anger keeps you from looking like Jesus. It keeps people from seeing Christ in you. You know, they don't know what you are when you're angry. And they don't know what your anger is leading to. You see, so you don't want to be angry for a long time because it blocks 
people from seeing Christ in you. Unless you're willing to let go of prolonged anger, you will not be able to loosen up. If you hold anger, you can't relax. If you hold on to anger, you can't even laugh again. Shame on you, daddy. Shame on you, mother. Shame on you, folk. If your family is in bondage to fear, oppression, and depression because of your wrath, your fury, your rage, your family is in bondage because of your verbal abuse and even physical aggression. You may not hit a person, but you take something and throw it across the wall, hit the wall, throw it across toward the wall and bust a hole in the wall. You didn't hit your wife, but you you burst a hole in the sheetrock. God ultimately holds you responsible for creating an, an environment that is conducive for relaxation in a world filled with tension. God holds you responsible for edification in your home in a world full of tearing down. God holds you, parents, responsible for encouragement in a world filled with criticism. God holds us responsible for love in a world filled with hate. God holds you responsible, husband, husbands and wives, for respectful dialogue in a world filled with rude chatter. And even laughter in your home in a world filled with doom and gloom. What's in your home? Is it rude chatter? Fussing and fighting and screaming? Or is it a place of love, encouragement, and gentleness? Last but not the least, number 15. You cannot be healed of your anger until you totally forgive. Did you hear what I just said? You, say me, me, cannot be healed of your anger until you totally, say totally. Say it one more time. Say it one more time. Totally what? Forgive. Ephesians 4.32 says, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. In other words, God is saying, I just want you to do for others what I did for you. Why do you want me to do it for you, but you can't do it for others? Why do you want me to forgive you, but you can't forgive those who've hurt you deeply, pained you deeply, scarred you deeply? When are you going to let go? Forgiveness is difficult, especially in unjust situations. I know that. But when we accept forgiveness and learn to forgive others, we are freed from the hurts, frustrations, and pains of the past. Total forgiveness helps us to let go of bitterness. It is the most crucial step in being healed of anger. Remember, the cross is the greatest expression of forgiveness. The cross is the greatest expression of forgiveness. As Jesus was on that cross, never said a wrong word, never done a wrong deed, a perfect sinful life. 
And he came and he was brutally beaten, lied on, falsely tried, scourged, hit in the face, brutalized. You're talking about terrorism. Jesus experienced the height of terrorism. And as he hung up there with his hands pierced and his feet pierced and that crown of thorns around his head, and the first words, he didn't say, God, strike my enemies with lightning. He didn't say, open up the earth and swallow them up. He said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. I close with this. Beloved, at this very moment, I want you to look at me and I want you to listen closely. At this very moment, you can choose to live in a spirit of anger and remain in a state of depression, bitterness, misery, tension, bondage, or oppression. You can choose to do that. I want to be angry and I'm going to be angry. Well, go on and kill yourself. If that's what you want to do, self-destruct. You don't want to be a blessing to your children? Go on, self-destruct. If you don't want to be a blessing to your, if you don't want to live long enough to see your great-grands, just stay angry and you won't live long enough to see them. If that's your choice, that's your choice. Or you can choose to forgive and live in freedom, to live in rest, to live in joy, to live in peace, but most most of all, live in deliverance. Which will you choose? And all God's children said, If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. 